I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I don't know what I'm signing. Guess I'll just sign it anyway. It's high noon for Monday, January 25th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash be reasonable discussion. It is the fifth full day of Barack Obama's third term as served through half-dead, demented, degenerate, fake President Joe Biden, who is compromised by the Chinese Communist Party and probably everyone else in the world. And what's he doing? Well, not much. Did he do anything Saturday? No. Sunday? No. He went to a church for a little while, supposedly, and then sent Hunter for bagels. That's what the mainstream media is reporting to us. So I guess that's what we got to go with. And for the commies out there, don't worry. His bagel shop was very Instagram friendly. So they're covering all the important bases for how you guys make your decisions. I imagine most of the commies out there spent the weekend wishing that they too could go to such a cute bagel shop. Maybe they will fly down to the military installation of Washington, D.C. and get bagels in the pink store themselves, take a bunch of cute pictures, hashtag it, Hunter was here. It's actually kind of amazing how they're going to try to turn Hunter Biden into some humorous, like Joe Biden sidekick. Oh, what's Hunter doing? Which Chinese hooker is he filming himself with this week? Is that Lady Gaga smoking crack in the background with him? Could be. Got pictures. Why doesn't someone in the media ask Lady Gaga, hey, there's this really interesting picture of you behind Hunter Biden smoking crack. Can you confirm whether or not that's you? I mean, we have seen your fashion choices. We remember when you wore a meat dress. Did Hunter Biden buy that for you? Or even more horrifyingly, did he make it for you? So California has now determined that one of the fake parts of their fake reaction to the coronavirus is no longer necessary. So they have taken away the stay at home order, which no one was following in the first place and doesn't really mean anything. It's just their way of saying, hey, be extra scared now while we destroy businesses. And this is supposedly to allow indoor 
restaurants and salons to open. But they might just choose the outdoor restaurants. And there is word now that Los Angeles may still keep restaurants closed, even outdoors, because of different the data than the data that they're using to make this stay-at-home decision. Now, they instituted that decision for no reason, but they said that they had projected a reason. And on December 7th, when they gave that order, there were uh, 27,000 roughly new cases with a 23,000 case seven-day average. Now, again, cases don't mean jack shit because, first of all, the tests are fucked. Even the WHO has admitted that now. That is now acceptable knowledge for average commies, Obamis, and Romneys. Maskies don't give a shit because maskies are scared of everything no matter what. But that gave them a real feeling of, oh, we're doing the right thing. Check out the data. Look how scary the data is. And so now the data is less scary. It's been six weeks plus, almost seven. But yesterday the new cases were almost 22,000. And the seven-day case average is 25,576. So in the six or seven weeks that they've had this stay-at-home order in effect, the seven-day case average has risen by 2,500 fake cases. And that is how they can be assured that everything is okay. So it was very, very scary at 23,000. And now that it's at 25,500, no longer scary. I mean, that's what the data says. And everyone knows that Democrats do a better job of running things when it comes to coronavirus because they care about the science and the data except for the science and data that shows that all the Democrat states were the worst run states against coronavirus this entire time, which is not shocking, of course, because they were the ones taking the most advantage of the ridiculous lockdown measures that helped absolutely nothing. So now some restaurants get to be reopened and they have said that this is okay because their projections on ICU capacity are now in the safe zone. They didn't ever go out of the safe zone. To this day, no one in America has been refused care for coronavirus because of capacity issues. That hasn't happened. They've pretended it's happened a bunch of times, but there are still zero times where that's happened. This is a farce. It is a trick. It is a lie. None of this shit is true. Last week, the good public health people who clearly must just be surrounding Gavin Newsom all day, just constantly feeding him information so that he can break down the health matrix and direct his attention at every single small business that might be in need of closing. 
to protect people. They all said that the data that they use to make these decisions is actually too complicated. And so they don't want to put it out to the public because the public might misunderstand and then get upset at what they're doing. Well, hey, Gavin, why not just give us a shot? And if we misunderstand it, then you can go ahead and explain it a little better. Because that's how this works, you know. I mean, the data and the science are surely there or else you wouldn't be so constantly referring to them. I mean, you have Anthony Fauci advising you and everyone knows that Anthony Fauci is right all the time, except when he's talking and then he's just lying to everybody. But here's where we are, just still deep in the morass of utter nonsense and total scientific illiteracy. And it won't change. Should we add an extra mask now, Gavin? Should we go up to three masks? I mean, the average daily case rate has risen by 2,500 a day over the last seven weeks. Isn't that very, very dangerous? Gavin, are you being irresponsible by letting people make slightly more decisions than they could before? Are all these deaths on your hands? Joe Biden's overseeing like thousands of coronavirus deaths a day. He told us he had a plan. And then he came out and said, well, there's nothing we can do that's going to affect the trajectory of this disease. Very, very competent people we have working in the government now. So, one of the most interesting things about Joe Biden's social media presence since he became fake president of nothing is that Instagram users have suddenly found themselves following the White House account. Because, as you might guess, no one cares about following Joe Biden. Even the half of the country that believes he actually won the election, or not even half, like 30, 40% of the country that thinks he actually won the election and is actually president now, not even they care about following him. I said this many months ago, but these people really just wanted a break from their feelings about Donald Trump. And they don't even understand the content of their feelings and they can't explain the content of their feelings at all. Why are you mad at him? Well, we don't know. He says this and that. He seems like a bad guy. He did this thing or that thing. Hey, Kami, can I just interrupt you for a second? Because I would like to quiz you about any of these things you're saying. No? Okay, got it. So he's just a bad guy. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So they wanted a break. And they don't understand what made them feel like that in the first place. They are the victims of a PSYOP. I know it's very trendy right now to call Q a PSYOP. And maybe it is a PSYOP. Why aren't we focused 
on the real PSYOP and the real threat posed by the mainstream media, clearly running a PSYOP. They made a whole bunch of people hate Donald Trump for reasons they can't even explain. But the media got exactly what they want for now. And now what? What's next in the PSYOP? Well, the next step seems to be trying to destroy the lives of every Trump supporter and trying to claim that somehow the fact that some people went in and walked around the Capitol building three weeks ago means that there is an overwhelming threat of extremism coming from Trump supporters. And they're not just talking about some of them. They're talking about all of them. 80 million plus people in the country pose a dire security threat. So all of them must be eliminated, have their kids taken. They need to be re-educated. They need to be removed from the public conversation online. And they need to be removed from their jobs. Because everyone knows that the only way to fix people who actually like America and care about the integrity of their vote is to systematically remove them from society, or if that fails, then simply from life. And they want to constantly remind you that They are not the Nazis. The Nazis are definitely the people of all races and religions and backgrounds who like America and like being able to vote and have their vote registered and counted. Those are the Nazis. I mean, look, they do all of the Nazi things like burning books Because Trump supporters do that, right? I mean, Trump supporters are obviously the ones that control Facebook and Twitter and Amazon and are able to limit the flow of information that they don't like from reaching other people. They surely control the media who disseminates all this PSYOP propaganda to everybody, right? They're the ones making sure that no one can go to their churches and worship. No one can go to restaurants and gather. No one can meet anywhere and talk about what they actually believe because it's better that they just stay online so that the information can be controlled, certainly from the top down by, of course, Trump and Trump supporters. I mean, we have to remember this is the problem all along is Trump and Trump supporters doing all sorts of Nazi things, except for the fact, of course, that they actually do control all that stuff. All of it. That's a lot of Nazi shit they're doing. But we can't say that, of course, because that's mean somehow. If you recognize actual evil people as evil, then other people might see that they're evil too and get upset. So what we need to do is make sure that no one can actually talk about their evil and provide evidence of their evil That's their job. 
And if they're not providing the evidence, then the evidence doesn't exist. And if they provide very sparse, non sequitur, nonsensical, irrelevant evidence that some Trump supporter is evil, then, of course, all of them are because they have provided the evidence to everybody. And now everybody can see it. Good job, media. You did it. Thank you for exposing everyone, all those Trump supporters involved in censorship and book burning and flag burning. I mean, give me a fucking break. We are in backwards world now, 100 percent, at least on that side of things, the commie side, of course. So yesterday, uh, Rand Paul went on for an interview with George Stephanopoulos, former Clinton campaign advisor. He even did Michael Dukakis, too. Very skilled man here. So he was interviewing Rand Paul and they were talking about election fraud. And he kept trying to force Rand Paul to say, you know, this election wasn't stolen, right? Why can't you say this election wasn't stolen? And thank goodness Rand Paul never did say that. Uh, Rand Paul did bring up cases where uh, voter rules were changed without the approval of state legislatures. This happened in Pennsylvania. It happened in Georgia. It happened in Michigan. There was voter fraud everywhere. There was the machine fraud. There were ballots flown in from all sorts of places. There were poll books that didn't match the voters. There were hundreds of thousands of people added to the registry by private third parties, a.k.a. Rock the Vote and others. But none of that is a problem. No one should talk about it. And Rand Paul brought up the interesting and good point that in a different time, the media would have had someone on saying what Rand was saying and then someone on the other side. And they could have hashed that out. They could have been looking for the information about what would make one side right and what would make the other side right. But now the media believes its role is to state that these are objective facts and that any dissent from that is a lie. And so that's what was bothering Rand Paul. That's what he kept going on about yesterday. But I'm waiting to see when someone like a Rand Paul flips this conversation around on them. If George Stephanopoulos is going to say it is a lie to say the election was stolen, why don't they turn around and say, okay, George, are you telling me from your perspective that the election definitely was not stolen? I would love to hear him answer that. And the reason I'd love to hear it is because I know how he would answer. He would not answer for himself. Because George Stephanopoulos and the rest of the PSYOP state media imagine themselves as the arbiters of truth. And so... When they say something, it is already a fact and they can then disseminate responsibility for their position off onto other false authorities. 
So if George Stephanopoulos was asked that question, George Stephanopoulos would probably say, well, you know, my opinion isn't really important here. What is important is that the courts have decided that there there was no election fraud. And he will say that and commies will count that as an answer because that's their dumb answer. But George Stephanopoulos knows better. He knows that none of the courts even allowed evidence to be presented. And there are still something like 30 cases open right now, still. Even though we've already installed the fake president. But George Stephanopoulos doesn't care about that because to his audience, that's actually a good argument. Because he he knows and expects that they actually don't care what courts do. And they don't care why courts might have not allowed evidence to be presented. And of course, they got the decision that they wanted, so they have no reason to question the motivations of the courts or any of the judges. You just move forward with the flimsiest possible explanation and pretend that it is valid and that it covers everything. Well, you know, if there was election fraud, surely the courts would have overturned it. Which courts, George? Someone needs to quiz George Stephanopoulos. And then, of course, the other part of the very smart answer about how we know that there was no election fraud is that the states certified it. Again, that is not proof of anything. All it is proof of is that there are cowards and corrupt people in state office. There were actually plenty of legislators around the country who refused to certify. And they should be happy that the court cases were focused only on the battleground states and not all of the states where election fraud happened. I would have loved to see them get California in the mix or Illinois or Minnesota or New York or New Jersey or Maryland or Virginia or Washington or Oregon or Colorado. Are we to pretend that the same schemes weren't run there? This is ridiculous. And of course, I'm a conspiracy theorist now for saying this, even though there are provable problems in all of these places. And especially these like real true blue states, because this is where it's been going on the longest. They have the messiest voter rolls. They have the weakest protections for election integrity. And we know this because this is not only what Democrats have done. It's what they want to do on a nationwide scale. I talked about this. I have talked about this now for eight months, nine months. Ever since Nancy Pelosi made it obvious that coronavirus relief for the country was contingent on four things. One, meeting the demands of teachers unions. Two, massive bailouts 
for Democrat states who destroyed their economies and their citizens' lives through their abhorrent response to coronavirus. Those were the two. But the other two were directly related to voting. They wanted nationwide ballot harvesting and nationwide mail-in, unsolicited mail-in voting. So what do we get out of the new Congress? Why, H.R. 1. It's called the For the People Act, which is as Orwellian as you could get, because this is absolutely not for the people. This is for the politicians. It's for China. It is for the stability of the corrupt system now in place that does the bidding of China and the globalist initiative. Here's what the bill includes. Internet-only registration with electronic signature submission. That's amazing. So now anyone can just register to vote with whatever signature they want, and it will never be checked. They get to ban the requirement to provide a social security number for your voter registration. Because why would you need that? Nationwide motor voter registration. So that means you get automatically registered to vote if you get a driver's license. Now, why is that a problem? Well, because not everyone who's eligible for a driver's license is eligible to vote. Like who? Well, like illegal immigrants. Oh, but it's racist to say they shouldn't be able to vote. No. They actually can vote in the country where they're citizens. Just like us. Imagine we just all started flooding into Canada and we're just like, yep, staying. Gonna vote now. See you later, commies. We're here now. We're going to get rid of the commies by voting them all out. Justin Trudeau might not like that very much. But the commies love it. When people who aren't Americans get to vote in American elections. And why? Well, because if we give these people a bunch of stuff, then they'll vote for us. Oh, you're going to give 20 million plus new people American citizenship, even though they came here illegally? How nice. Can we also register them to vote Democrat forever? Oh, that's great. This act really is for the people. 16-year-olds required to be registered to vote. So this will just be a a nice stepping stone to get 16-year-olds to vote. This is madness. Nationwide same-day voter registration, which means you can walk right on up, register to vote under really whatever name and information you want because who's checking? You're not actually allowed to show ID because asking for ID would be racist. $25 million in grants for using minors in election activities. That's good. 
There's nothing better we could do than expose more minors to Democrats. That's going to take the country in the right direction. They want more acceptance of applications from people under 18 years of age. Gosh, that's great. Prohibiting attempts to clean voter rolls of non-residents. Because why would that matter? They want to make it so that if someone moves out of state, they don't get taken off the voter rolls. And then they'll mail them a ballot, which they, of course, will never receive. And then what happens to that ballot? Well, as we've just seen in the recent election, that ballot gets voted for a Democrat. Murderers and rapists can now vote. And of course, that's good because in the minds of commies, when things like 8,000 prisoners being released from prison because of COVID, even though some of them had COVID, we wouldn't want those little bells to go off saying, Hey, uh, why are you doing that? Instead, we just think, oh, well, that's got to be for black people. That's what commies actually think. Well, this is for this is for marginalized minority communities. Well, no, the minority community we're discussing here is criminals. It's got nothing to do with race or ethnicity or religion or any of the other little classes you like to invent. The minority class we're talking about is criminals. Releasing criminals from prison so that they can go vote is crazy. And when people like me or others or people that publish these news articles, rare as they are, that actually point out, hey, a bunch of these people that you're releasing are rapists and murderers. The first thought the commies have is the race thing. The second thought is, well, you know, if they're releasing them, it must have like not been like a really bad rape or murder. They actually think that. Because they're like, well, there has to be more to it than that. Like, you can't just get upset that they're releasing rapists and murderers onto the streets unless you know the whole story. Oh, really? You wanted to see Aziz Ansari hung because he wanted to have sex with a girl who would only give him blowjobs. Multiple. And she wrote an article, and now his career has to end because in their mind, that's rape adjacent. But an actual rapist coming out of prison to create more Democratic voters is just fine because it probably wasn't a bad thing. You know, like I trust Gavin. He would never allow he would never allow actual dangerous criminals out on the streets. I mean, he will allow them to live in our communities and he will allow them to come in from over the border. And, you know, that's not racist either because it's not Mexicans. It's actually people from Central America and wherever else. Gang members bringing in drugs and doing human trafficking. I mean, those people. He allows, but he's not going to allow real rapists and murderers back on the streets. No. But what else? Nationwide vote by mail. Ban on ballot protection measures. And limitless ballot harvesting. 
But remember, it's for the people. Are they going to ban voter ID? The one thing that could actually resolve this entire problem immediately? Of course they are. Because why would you need an ID to vote if you don't need one to buy alcohol? Oh, wait, you do need one to buy alcohol? Well, then why would you force people to get an ID to vote if you don't have to have an ID to take out library books? Oh, you do have to have an ID to take out library books? Oh. Voting. The very foundation of any sort of democratic or even quasi-democratic system means nothing now. They don't want to keep the records, which is clear by them not wanting to purge the rolls of people who are no longer eligible to vote. They're going to let anybody register online with no requirements at all. They're going to allow people to go around and get all those mail-in ballots that they mail to all those people who they know won't get them. They don't need ID. But it's for the people. In H.R. 1, they also have the setup for D.C. statehood and statehood of other territories. And they want Congress to have full control over redistricting in states. And maybe they're worried about what the Supreme Court just ruled on the census. But absolutely every single bit of this is about entrenching corrupt power and nothing else. Not one of these measures makes voting safer or more reliable. Every single one of these measures tears away at the integrity of our election process. So to watch George Stephanopoulos try to grill Rand Paul and get him into saying that this election wasn't stolen while Democrats in power are trying to pass this absolute abomination that will render every future election useless should be more than enough to show everyone how completely unserious this movement is. And not only is it unserious, because to say only that, we would actually have to think that these people are trying to do something good, but are just completely incompetent at it. When the reality is they are not trying to do something good. They are trying to entrench their power so that a figure like Trump cannot come along again. Someone that actually speaks to the people that the people get behind. Because that ultimately is what they are really upset about. Is that the people had the nerve to go try to take back power for themselves. Rather than allow politicians like Nancy Pelosi to get installed in their positions through crime and then maintain their positions forever by abusing and reorchestrating the system. It's disgusting. And of course, it's so typical. This is exactly the stuff I've been talking about for months. Of course, this is what they were going to try to do. And so over the weekend, there was this filing with the Federal Elections Commission, and I'm not sure that it comes from Trump or a Trump associate, but somebody filed with the FEC to try to found a new 
Patriot Party promoting Donald Trump as the next presidential candidate. And all sorts of Republicans, even ones that I think that I would align with on most things, think that this is a very stupid idea and that this third party would somehow empower Democrats by taking away something from the Republicans. And I understand what they're saying. But the fact is, it wouldn't take some of the power away from Republicans. It would take all of the power away from Republicans. The day that party is announced and people can change their registration to the Patriot Party, the most massive chunk of Republicans you can imagine will no longer be Republicans. And at the rate we're going, it will continue. The Republicans are shedding their membership right now. People who voted for Donald Trump do not want to see Mitch McConnell go along with measures like the one I just talked about. None of them will stay in the Republican Party. This is crazy to believe that the Republican Party is so necessary and so vital and so legitimate that people will hold on to it out of what? Sentimentality? I guess we'll see. I am all for a third party. Burn the thing down and start over again. The Democrat Party is an abomination and the Republicans are not far behind. There are still plenty of good Republicans and I imagine that they would willingly jump ship to a Patriot Party as well. Maybe the Republican Party will just ask Instagram to keep having all those people leaving it by the boatload. Just refollow us. Refollow us again. Refollow us again. I'm not following you. And they keep doing it. I can't tell you. Oh, my God. I, I don't mean to like circle all the way back on this, but I can't tell you how many people have told me in the last five days that they have tried unfollowing White House on Instagram at White House or at Joe Biden and they unfollow and they're just refollowed again. And then they eventually have to block that account. That is absurd. This is banana republic shit. Like we always imagine that the U.S. doesn't do the same things that other countries do. And for so long, that's been true because we actually value things like liberty and freedom and fair, honest elections. We expect not to be manipulated by these organizations, these entities that have power over us. But those days are over. There's a reason that dictators get reelected with like 90% of the vote, even though they're terrible. And it's the same reason why Joe Biden got fake elected this year, even though he's terrible. Joe Biden literally cannot form sentences. The information about the inauguration and the filming of the inauguration is not going to slow down. It is only going to pick up. There are people who I have spoken to with knowledge of the situation that say it was filmed in clips. There are people who saw it before it was on TV live. 
even if we're just going to say that they filmed the thing before and it still counts anyway, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? They are always so certain that none of this will come out. And of course, that's why they censor. Because the minute that any of these narratives reach critical mass, they are finished. And it's coming. They're still going to try to impeach Trump, although they've delayed it for two weeks. Why is that? Why delay it? Let's go right now. Oh, Nancy took the week off. Got it. And so the final thing I want to talk about is a developing story out of Italy where their prime minister, Conte, is now stepping down and he's potentially going to try to reform a new party. But the prime minister of Italy is stepping down and Renzi two weeks ago stepped down from his party, which was a minor party underneath. And they're saying this is all about the handling of the coronavirus. If anyone believes that, I have a new strain of coronavirus to sell you. Oh, no, wait. L.A. Times is already selling that today. There's a very dangerous strain of COVID coming up in California now. Gavin did take down the stay-at-home order. Apparently, he didn't read about this very new, very dangerous form of the coronavirus. But I'm sure in a week or two, once he does read about that and they adjust their their outlooks, their projections to whatever they want, really, because the numbers in the past don't reflect their projections at all, which would lead most people to stop using the projections. But they're going to keep going on with it because the projections give them the result that they want, while the data doesn't. So it's important to know that the projections are in some way based on the data, but they don't actually reflect the data. Who cares? Got to project, got to predict the future, even though we're always wrong, got to predict the future and we'll make the rules on that. But so believing that governments collapsing around the world right now is in some way related to the coronavirus is preposterous. We know what it's related to in Italy. It's related to their interference in our election. It's amazing to me that people on the George Stephanopoulos commie side of things can hold their positions so strongly and with such moral righteousness, knowing full well that these positions will be torn down. If we simply had a free and fair press and could simply stop censoring, there is no way on earth that as much as 30 to 40% of the American public would be this clueless about what is happening and has happened. There is no way that any serious person could look at what actually happened and then think the argument, well, you know, no court sided with Trump and there were even some Trump judges. No serious person would think that that's smart because that's not smart. That's one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard. So courts make right decisions all the time. Well, I guess we don't need Black Lives Matter then, do we? What else is there to be said? I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye.
Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm your moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!